Church, say amen. 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 Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Philippians chapter number one. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna kick the year off right, set the tone for the new year. Uh, man, I am telling you, I have been so excited, so excited to be able to come and be a part of the worship out here and, uh, be able to live stream to you guys. And, and, and I'm telling you, this is exciting to me. Whether it is to anybody else, it's exciting to me. And I'm going to tell you in the first service, it got kind of rough on the Coleman campus because I knocked my mic off and I had no idea. My mic was hanging down here, so they heard a little bit of it, but uh, that's okay. We're going to make sure we don't do that this time, all right? Philippians chapter number one, if, you, if you've got your Bible, you found your place, say amen. amen. Look what it says, Philippians 1, 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the, what's that word? Gospel. Everybody say it. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to do, think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart insomuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the... Ye are all partakers of my grace. Now skip to verse 12. Skip to verse 12. Look what it says. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the... Oh, do y'all see something happening here? Verse 17. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Look at verse 27. Skip to verse 27. It says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the... All right. Gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent... I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Do you see a reoccurring theme here? Say amen. Amen. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Six, seven, eight times we find the word in this one single chapter, the gospel over and over and over again. And I believe with all of my heart, the gospel was the most important thing to the Apostle Paul than anything else. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the blessing, the 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 blessing and the honor it is, the privilege to be able to be around your people, to open your word and share the truth of the gospel. I pray that you'll help us now, help us to focus Help us to uh, just just restore what you have us here for. I pray that we can set the tone for the year and Lord, kick it off right. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I know you're probably wondering why we have a football in here. We're, we're going to have a tackle game right after the service. Amen. No, not really. Not really. I'm too fragile for that. Eh? Uh, I, I, I went to Walmart this morning and, 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 and bought this football because I, I, I read an article 
uh, studying and preparing for this message today about Vince Lombardi. Now, some, some of you younger people in here, you're not going to know who Vince Lombardi is, but he was a very, very popular coach, a very, very popular coach. Matter of fact, the Super Bowl trophy is named after Vince Lombardi, the Lombardi trophy. And, and I want you to listen to something that took place in his coaching style, uh, when he was coaching for the Green Bay Packers. It was July of 1961. 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for the first day of training camp. Now, the previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we would call that now the Super Bowl, right? Back then, it was just called the NFL championship. Now, the Green Bay players had been thinking about this brutal loss for the entire offseason. And now finally training camp had arrived and it was time to get to work. The players were eager to advance their game to the next level and start working on the details that would help them win a championship. But their coach Vince Lombardi had a different idea. In his best-selling book, When Pride Still Mattered, A Life of Vince Lombardi, author David Moranis explains what happened when Lombardi walked into training camp in the summer of 1961. He took nothing for granted. He began a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming that the players were blank slates who carried over no knowledge from the year before. He began with the most elemental statement of all. Gentlemen, he said, holding a pigskin in his right hand, this is a football. Now, now keep this in mind. He is speaking to men who are the best at what they do. He is speaking to professionals. Men that had probably been playing ever since they were little children uh, in Pee Wee League and in Pop Warner League and then probably in junior high school and then high school and then college ball and now in the professional ranks probably have had years and years and years and years of experience. And now he's telling that group of men, gentlemen, this is a football. You say, preacher, what in the world is he doing? Watch this. Lombardi was coaching a group of three dozen professional athletes who just prior had come within minutes of winning the biggest prize their sport could offer. And yet he started from the very beginning. Lombardi's methodical coverage of the fundamentals continued throughout training camp. Each player reviewed how to block and tackle. They opened up the playbook and started from page one. At some point, Max McGee, the Packers Pro Bowl wide receiver, joked, uh, Coach, could you slow it down a little bit? You're going too fast for us. Lombardi reportedly cracked a smile, but he continued his obsession with the basics all the same. His team, watch what happens. His team would become the best in the league at the task everyone else took for granted. Six months later, the Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 37-0. to zero. Vince Lombardi is carried off the field by his players after defeating the New York Giants and to win the 1961 NFL championship. Now, to, 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 to fast forward a little bit, the 1961 season was the beginning of Vince Lombardi's reign as one of the greatest football coaches of all time. He would never, think about that, he would never lose in the playoffs again. In total, Lombardi won five NFL championships in a span of seven years. Can you imagine? Five Super Bowls. That's what it would be. Five Super Bowls in seven years. Then, including three in a row. 
He never coached a team, never coached a team with a losing record. This pattern of focusing on the basics has been a hallmark of many successful coaches. For example, basketball legend John Wooden, uh, Phil Jackson were known for having similar obsessions with the fundamentals, even Wooden. He would went, he would go so far as to teach his players how to put on their socks and tie their shoes. Now I know what you're thinking. What? That is crazy. Why would they focus with men who had done it all of their life? Why would they go back to square one, to page one, to the very beginning? Because we have a tendency to forget, don't we? I don't know about y'all, but I could forget my head if it wasn't attached to my shoulders. Sometimes we can forget the basics. Sometimes we could forget the, the small things. And what we don't realize is sometimes the small things are the most important things. It doesn't matter if you can throw the football out of the stadium. If you can't block and tackle, it's not going to do you any good. And he knew that the small things, he knew that the fundamentals, he knew that we need to go back to the very beginning. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with us? You know, sometimes as a church, we, we allow things to creep in. We allow ideas to creep in. We allow traditions to creep in. And we get so busy and so caught up with stuff that we forget the fundamentals. We forget the very simple things. We have a tendency to add stuff. That's just a human nature. Humanity. It started in the garden with Eve. If y'all will remember, when, when God told Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, now that tree right over there, he said, don't eat of that fruit. That's all he said. But when Satan came to Eve and said, hey, is it okay for it to eat of that? No, no. This is what Eve said. We can't eat it and we can't even touch it. Well, God never said that. But we have a tendency to add stuff and to put stuff together. We've got to get back to the fundamentals. There are churches all over America doing all kinds of things, but the right thing. And sometimes we need to go back to the beginning. And boy, I, I read that story. And I read that article over and over again. And man, God began to impress upon my heart. And, and, and sometimes y'all gotta, y'all gotta have patience with me. Okay. Cause I know I'm speaking to the choir. Y'all have been in temple long enough. Uh, if you've been here any amount of time, you, you've been with me long enough to, I know you know the truth and I know you know the fundamentals and I know all of that, but you've got to understand I've been traveling a lot this year. This year I have traveled more and flown more than I've, and all of my life put together, I've been on a plane more this year than ever. Going from city to city and church to church, pastor to pastor, trying to encourage, trying to train and develop. And what I am seeing in our country is frightening. It is frightening. We have, we, how many of y'all would agree that our, our country's in a mess? How many of y'all would agree that's because our churches are in a mess? Our, our country is a direct reflection of our churches and our churches is a direct reflection of our families and, and our communities. And, and man, we have got a problem. And the problem is not whether the gospel works. The gospel works. Paul said it, it is the power of God under, amen, to salvation. The gospel works. But we're not proclaiming the gospel. So, and this morning, we're going to set the tone. Instead of saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is a football. I want you to imagine this as the gospel. Today, today, I want you to focus on the God. He can catch. Say amen. All right. Today, I want you to think about the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? What is it that we rally around? What is it that we focus on? Look what Paul said. He said in, 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 in the top of your notes, look at your notes there. First Corinthians chapter number 15. 
He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the, the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. By which ye are also saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, what? In the gospel, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, what are we saying here? Why would he, why would Paul say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Why, why would he say that? Because in the Roman, in the Roman culture, they were very much about uh, tradition. They were very much about pomp and circumstance. They were about royalty. They were about, uh, uh, popularity, form. It was all about reputation to them. And the most heinous way to be executed was crucifixion. They, they didn't matter of fact, it was impolite to mention crucifixion in, in Roman society. It was outlawed. It was outlawed for Roman citizens. Only treason, treasonous people, only slaves and only people who were non-citizens would be allowed to be crucified. That's how they thought about it. And when you come to a Roman citizen and say the only way you can be saved is you got to believe that God's son came and he was crucified on the cross and you have to put your belief in that cross for salvation. To them, that was shameful. That was unheard of. How would, who would, who would kneel before a slave? But Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of what Jesus did. I'm not ashamed of the truth that Jesus is God's son, that he came and he died on a cross. And the third day he rose again because that is where I found my salvation. Say amen. Amen. The gospel, the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the story of Christ. Christ is the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. His coming, his living, his dying, his raising again, his calling us to be his followers and his disciples. That's all the gospel. And that was all Paul's focused. He would go to a city. He said, I wouldn't preach nothing else but the cross and him crucified. His sole focus was on the gospel. And you know, in this chapter, Philippians chapter number one, we see it, we see it over and over and over and over and over again. This is so important. I left, yes, last week, last week I had a funeral. I had a funeral right after church and, and, uh, and, and, and I was going to the funeral and, and, and I, th- these thoughts started coming to my head. So I had to call my secretary and say, Hey, write this down real quick so I don't forget this. And, and she began to write these words down. And, and, and seven, seven or eight times we find the word gospel in chapter number one. And so anytime you see something repeated and repetitive, that means it's very important. And so the first thing I want you to see first is the, fellowship of the gospel. Look in chapter one in verse number five. He's talking about being thankful in prayer in verse four. And then he says, what am I thankful for? He says, verse five, for your fellowship. Say that with me for your fellowship. Everybody say Coleman campus. Help us out now. Help us out. Here we go. Here we go. From your fellowship in the gospel. Now here that word fellowship, that word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia, it means partnership. It means together. It means common 
ground. Common ground. What is the first point today? We need to understand our fellowship in the gospel. Some, some, some have described it, which is a cool way to explain fellowship. It's two fellows in the same ship rowing the same direction. That's pretty good, isn't it? Two fellows in the same ship rowing the same direction. They have fellowship. They have common ground. That's what fellowship is. It's our common ground. It's what we have together. Now, all right, let's see. Let's try this. Let's try this here. All right. How many of y'all in here? And you can, you can, you can, you can, uh, uh, go ahead and raise your hand out there at Coleman. Uh, how many of y'all like oysters? All right. There's a few dignified people here. All right. Uh, how many of y'all don't like oysters? God help you people. All right. I, I think of oysters and I think hot sauce and a cracker. Tammy thinks of oysters and she thinks of toilet. <clears throat> she going to throw up. She, it ain't about, you know what? That's not common ground. We don't have that in common. Okay. All right. How about broccoli and cheese? Broccoli and cheese. We got any broccoli and cheese people in here? All right. How many know broccoli and cheese? All right. How about this? Liver mush. I heard that before the service. Yeah, there we go in the back. Liver mush. How many know liver mush? Okay, how about, how about chicken liver? No, I'm not with you on it. How about chicken gizzard? Come on, people, what's wrong? What, what, you know what we have not found? You know what we have not found yet? Say it with me. Common ground. Well, how about this? How many of y'all believe in Jesus? Woo! How, how many of y'all believe he came and he died on the cross? Woo! How many of y'all believe he rose again? Woo! How many of y'all believe he's coming back? Woo! Y'all got to get the woo down. <laughs> Amen? What have we just found? Common ground. You know, we're not all going to believe the same on everything. Hence, oysters and gizzards and, and what was that thing called? Liver mush. But when it comes to the gospel, you know what we've just found? Common ground. Paul says we have fellowship. And you remember the word when Paul was using the term, I want to know Christ in the, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You know what he's saying there? You know, you could talk to, talk to Jesus about a brand new house and he couldn't, he couldn't converse with you. He wouldn't have, he, he wouldn't have nothing to say. And Paul, Paul would try, but Paul says, you know, what do you, do you know anything about suffering? Do you know anything about suffering? You know what? Jesus could pull up to the table and said, let's talk. Because Jesus suffered. Paul says, I found some common. Now, this is going to be our common ground. This is going to be our focus at temple. The gospel, not traditions, not denominations, not preferences. We have we have right now we have even Baptist churches in our community that will not send a letter to temple. If, If someone moves from their church to temple, they will. They say we're not of like faith. And I, I want to say, what what faith do you have? Do you believe the gospel? Because if you believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again and he's coming back and he will save you if you'll put your faith in that, that is the gospel. That is what we rally around. It's like the flag in a battle. We rally around the flag. We defend the flag. We fight for the flag. Well, that's what a church does. We rally around the gospel. We fight for the gospel. We sweat for the gospel. Are y'all with me? Say amen. That's our common ground. That's what we have together. We don't all have to like oysters, although you're missing out. But we all have to support the gospel. 
and believe that is our rallying cry. That is what we are all about. Paul, he would say, I didn't come with nothing but, but the cross and him crucified. I'm here. I am not ashamed of the gospel. He even said this for us when he, in, 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 in Romans one, Romans one, he said, I am ready with all that is in me. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. What has to be the most important thing to us? The gospel. What have to we be? What do we have to be focused on? What do we? Are y'all with me? If we don't, it, why is that so important? <clears throat> uh, how many of y'all like? How many of y'all like uh, uh, the sun deal? Like like going to the beach and 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 and, and getting a suntan and all that kind of. The sun can tan your skin, right? I mean, it can. It feels good, especially when it's cloudy out there. That's depressing. Amen. That is the. But when the sun's shining, man, that feels good. But you know, you could take that same sun. You can take that same sunlight and, 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 and take a magnifying glass and start a fire and cause, don't ask me how I know this, amen, but cause major problems with, you know what that is? It's focused light. It's the same light. It's the same light. But when you, when you focus that light, it's powerful enough to start a fire. Amen. And you know what? If you focus that light even more, you can cut steel with it. Right. Do you know that laser, a laser, it's just light? It's focused light that is so powerful that it could cut steel. Now, what happens is as a church, we get so filtered. We get we, we get to doing so much stuff that we forget the gospel. Amen. It doesn't matter if we feed the hungry if we don't give them the gospel. It doesn't matter if we, we put clothes on the back of the naked if we don't give them the gospel. It doesn't matter if we if, if we if we give blankets to the cold if we don't give them the gospel. It doesn't matter if we dig wells for the thirsty if we don't give them the gospel. What good would it be to, to give them a, a meal and water and them to be full and die and go to hell? Right. We have to remember it's about the gospel. It's, about, it's not about social justice or injustice. All of that's important. I think we need to treat everybody right. I think we need to treat everybody like Christ. But I think churches are getting so diffused that they're forgetting that this is a football. This is what we're here to do. This is the gospel. This is our focus. And I don't care how long you've been doing it. It's easy. I'm, I'm preaching to me now, not to y'all. Y'all were, y'all were in the choir. Watch. I'm preaching to me. Sometimes I get so, I don't want to use the word overwhelmed. But just so much stuff coming at me that I feel like I got to do this and I feel like I got to do that. How many of y'all know everybody's got a wonderful plan for your life? Have y'all figured that out? Everybody wants to tell you, I think you need to do that. Or I think y'all, and, 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 and I'm telling you in the church world, in the church world, it's incredible. People, people will come all, well, I think the church needs to do this or I think the church needs to do that. And I think, and, and we get so diffused. We have no power. Because we're not focused. Now I think, I think one of the, one of the wisest things I ever read, one of the wisest things I ever read, a, 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 a gentleman started a church in California and he said, we never, we never had a, I think it was a singles ministry or a youth ministry till they were over like 700. I'm like, well, that's dumb. Why would he do that? Now this is me telling somebody that was very successful and built a monstrosity of a church like he, you know, and this is what he said. We never take on the second thing till we have perfected the first thing. In other words, we never try something else till we are excellent at what we're doing. 
And you know what? That's some great advice. That's some great advice because what happens is, is we get so scattered out, we're doing a bunch of things and not doing any of them well. What is the old saying? I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, but, uh, I think we need to be a master of one. Even if we have to just, all right. So we have the fellowship of the gospel. Now we can see what do we do with it? Now we know that this is what that football, I threw it to you. No, no, no. Hold on. on. Uh, I might drop it. I don't know. All right. He, this is what he would say. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. He said, defense, you have to keep this from getting across that line. Offense, you have to get it across that line. All right. Now that we know what our common ground is, here's, I want to show you our common goal, our common goal. Number two, number two, write this down. Watch this. Look in verse number 12. Look in verse number 12. Are you there? Say amen. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me. Now, keep in mind, the things is jail. He went to prison. He was arrested and he was put in prison in Rome. All right. Now, he's incarcerated at this time. That's what he's talking about. This that happened to me. Now, how many of y'all would agree that being incarcerated is not a good thing? I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't even imagine. I've never, I, as far as that goes, I've, I've had a ticket or two, but, but as far as being in trouble like that, I've never had that in my life. Knock on wood somewhere. I don't, I don't want to ever be in. I went to court one time. Somebody asked me to go to court with them in, in church here as a character witness. I thought, well, you don't want me to be a character witness because your character ain't very good. Walk in that courtroom and you ain't going to believe who come out the back. Judge Cheney. Does anybody know Judge Cheney? Judge Cheney is nine foot tall, four foot wide, and he's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life, especially with that black robe on. And he come out there and keep in mind, I've never been in court. The only court I knew was Perry Mason. And I walk in there and I sit down and I'm, I'm, I'm literally scared to death. I'm not even the one in trouble, but I'm just sitting there nervous. And, and they call the fellow that I was supposed to be there with up to the thing. And this is what Judge Cheney does. He, he, I can, I can remember it to this day. He reached over like this around looking at me and he said, are you with them? I want to say, no. Nope. <laughs> I said, I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm like, oh dear Jesus. And thank God I didn't have to say nothing. Amen. They postponed it for another day. Thank the Lord. But, but that's, I want, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to, I don't want to go to court. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to prison. I sure wouldn't say this is a great thing, but you know what Paul is saying here? It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that I went to prison. It's a good thing that I'm incarcerated because of my incarceration. I've been able to get the gospel out. He said, the things that's happened unto me have fallen out, meaning they took place to the furtherance. I know that's a King James word, but let's try it. You ready? Furtherance. Say it again. That means the progression, the advancement. Do you realize because of Paul's imprisonment that he was able to get the gospel to Caesar? Because of his imprisonment, there was no way he could have got an audience with Caesar any other way. But because he was a Roman citizen and he appealed to Caesar because of his, his, his charges against him, he was able to get the gospel to Caesar in Rome. And you know what? Paul, Paul said, Hey, it's all good. It's all good. And, it, and he was not in a good place. It's basically a hole in the ground. It was almost a sewer. Rats that big. Just a terrible, terrible place. But you know what? Paul said, It's good. It's okay. 
Because I've been able to get the gospel out. I've been able to get the gospel out. You see, the gospel is our common ground. But getting the gospel to those who don't have it is our common goal. All right, say that with me. It's our common goal. It's our common goal. You know what Paul said? And I got to hurry because I went too long early. Listen, Paul said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the gospel to people that don't have it. Look in your notes. Look in your notes there. And under the second point, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 9. Have you found it? Look what Paul says. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men. Read it with me, everybody. Everybody, Coleman Campus, help us read this. That I might by that I might by all means save some. And this is this verse 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake. You know, here's what Paul is saying. Here's what Paul is saying. He said, I'm going to do everything up until the point of breaking the the law. In other words, I'm going to do everything as long as it's biblical to reach all that I can. If it takes me becoming a servant, I'll become a servant. If it takes me, if it takes me following some of the Jewish traditions, uh, not to the point of salvation, but just following along in their festivities. Hey, if it will see some of my countrymen say, I'm in, Amen. I'll do what here, here's a basic way. I'll do whatever I got to do to get the gospel to those who do not have it. You know what our goal needs to be? We found out our common ground. We find out what we rally around. We find out why we're coming here. We're not coming here to be entertained. We're not coming here to be socialized. And, and see that, you remember I said there was, there was a lot of things that was frightening me as I'm flying over the U.S. and in these churches. A lot of the churches have become social centers and, and places of entertainment. Just come tickle my, it would, but hey, Paul told us that was going to happen. He said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. People shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall, you know what that means? An itching ear? It means just tell me what I want to hear. Just tell me what I want. Just a feel good place. And, 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 and it's, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Yes, it's packing in crowds. Yes, people are packing in these places. But here's the problem. What's going to happen when the perilous times come? What's going to happen when they come and say, if you go to church, you go to jail? It's coming. Now we think, we think that if we have a, a social or a, a, a specific political party in office that we're being persecuted as Christians. But we have no idea. We don't, I've been getting letters from Nigeria and we're going to share them probably next week or the week after of people that are being killed, being macheted to death, being their heads cut off for their faith. Now we have, we don't even know what this is, but it's coming. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a, a person that has not sold out, a person who has not died to their self and picking up their cross and following Jesus, they'll never make it when the true perilous times are coming. And so we need to know we're about the gospel. We're focused on the gospel. The gospel is our common ground. And the furtherance, say that with me, the 
furtherance of the gospel is our common goal. Let me give you three things real quick. Let me, I'm not going to preach them. I'm just giving them to you. First of all, now, now, now keep in mind, what's today? What is it? January 2nd. Now we normally do this on the first, right? We, we have our new year's. Yeah. How many of y'all think that's funny too? How many of y'all know there's a reason why that the, 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 the athletic place or the, the workout place wants you to pay a year up ahead of time? Cause they know that third week you're out. We all make these resolutions and, and, and we all do and you should. I, I mean, well, we should, we should plan and all that kind of stuff. But do you know that, that a goal without a plan is just a dream? It's just a dream. In other words, we can say that the gospel is what's most important to us. We can say that the gospel is our priority here. We can say that. And we can even say, if we can even say that our goal is to get the gospel out. We can say that. But if we don't have a plan to do it, we're just kidding ourselves. Now, a goal without a plan is just a, a just a dream. I, brother, brother McCormick, I don't know if some of you guys remember brother McCormick, but, uh, uh, he's an entrepreneur, uh, man, just an incredible guy. He, 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 we were talking one day and he reached over, he reached over and tapped me on the forehead like that. And he said, he said, Malcolm, there are billions of dollars in here, billions of dollars in ideas that never come to fruition because people won't make a plan. People won't write them down. Here's the thing. Here, we don't want a dream. We want to accomplish what our goal is. Say amen. amen. So here's how we're going to do it. Three things. Write this down. How are we going to further the gospel? First of all, personally. Write that down. Personally. Most of y'all have heard of the My Story training. Taking the My Story track. I, this is my goal this year. This is my goal. And we're going to have a plan. Our plan is to have several different trainings throughout the year to teach every single regular attender to Temple Baptist Church how to share their story, how to share their faith, how to further the gospel. Now, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Because God said to. God said to. He said, be ready always. Say that with me. Be ready Always to give an answer to any man that asks you a reason of the hope that's in you. You know what that means? Every person in this room has a responsibility to be able to be able to show somebody how to be saved. Every father needs to be able to show their kid how to be saved. Every mother should be able to show their kid how to be saved. How, how about you grandparents in there? My little buddy was here in the first service. I'm telling you, he is something else. It, it, I'm incredible. You know what I want for him more than anything? I don't care if he has the biggest house on the block. I don't care if he has a million dollars in the bank. I want him to go to heaven. I want him to know Christ. I want, most important thing, most important thing, I want to make sure he knows Jesus before he leaves this earth. And it's my responsibility to make sure. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, this might be a little personal, but the, the scaredest I've ever been in my life. The scaredest I've ever been in my life. I'm telling you, it, 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 it almost caused me to have a panic attack. When little Jordan was born, little Jordan, she's the one with Carter. When she was born, man, she was like a new toy. I couldn't wait to get home from work. I'm telling you, I couldn't wait to get home from work. This little new toy at the house, you know, that pukes on everything. 
And I was sitting there, I got home from work, and I was holding her, and I was just playing and just nibbling on her ear, you know, just having a big time. And I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or if it's just, just my own brain working, but I, I, it was like I heard this voice that said, she's going to go to heaven or hell. She is a living, breathing soul that will spend eternity in heaven or hell. And it was like the realization dawned on me in that moment that this brand new, special, perfect being could actually end up in hell. And I'm telling you, I can't even explain the feeling I had on the inside. And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, now what are you going to do to make sure she goes to heaven? And I'm telling you, every single person, every if you claim to be a, a Christian, if you claim to be a child of God, you have a responsibility to be able to tell somebody how to be saved. Church, say amen. amen. So this year, this year we're going to have several trainings, several trainings, so we can further the gospel a Oh, oh, I lost some of you. I lost. Hey, whether you do it or not is up to you, but I'm going to teach you how. All right. You ready? We're going to further the gospel. A personally. All right. B, B locally, locally. We're going to do that with DMD disciples making disciples. This is mission America. Most of y'all have given toward this last year. Our project was America. If you'll remember, we gave to start and plant churches in America. We have flown all over America this year, all over America, training pastors, teaching him how to plant these micro churches. And so we're going to focus on our, our personal responsibility to share our faith. We're going to, we're going to focus and train and teach people how to plant micro churches right now. Right now, what is the number, Dustin? Is it 20, 20, 20 even? We got 20 micro churches meeting all over Coleman where people are hearing the gospel. And I'm talking about unchurched people. How many of y'all know there's people right now in our community will never come into this building? So what are we going to do? We're going to go to them. I, I, I went into Walmart this morning. I went into Walmart this morning to get that football because our great Dane uh, destroyed our one at home. And, and, and I, I went in there and I picked it up and I felt a little weird, to be honest with you, because I'm never in, in Walmart on a Sunday morning because I go straight to my office and I'm praying and prepping and want to get, get right for the service. And well, I, I swung into Walmart on my way here and man, it was just full of people. And I was in there and I'm telling you, I did. I felt weird. I felt like, I thought I was like breaking the commandment or something, you know? And I was, and I was looking at the people and man, I thought, I wonder if they know Jesus. And, and I was, and in my head, I was, man, I'm hoping they're going to the second service. Amen. Wherever they, but do they know Christ? And how many people in our community, our communities are full of people that don't know Jesus. We need to get the gospel to them. We're going to do it personally. We're going to do it locally. And then write this down. We're going to do it globally, globally through TTI. I want to, I want to put, if you can, I don't know if you got that back up there. Uh, this is our, this is where we ended up for the year. Look at this. Is this not awesome? Did God not do an incredible thing? $543,268.14. That's 1,810 churches playing. Come on. Yeah. Give God glory. 
1,810 churches will be planted where there are no churches. They don't even have a Bible. They've never heard the name Jesus. Man, Brother David Nelm said it so true. He said, they're not rejecting Christ. They don't even know him. They've never even heard of him. But because of you guys and your generosity and your giving, we was able to plant that many churches. That is the plan. We don't just have a dream. We're not just going to talk this stuff. We're not, we're not just going to talk about the gospel. We're not just going to talk about getting to God. We've got a plan. And all God's people say it. A, let's repeat, let's repeat, because that's how I remember. We only got one more point, so let's go fast. You ready? A, we're going to further the gospel. A, personally. We're going to learn how to do it individually, one-on-one. Take it and share the gospel with somebody. B, we're going to do it locally. We're going to plant DMD, uh, disciple-making disciples, micro-churches all over our communities, all over America. And then C, we're going to do it globally through TTI and church planning. And all God's people say it. All right. Number three, last of all, we're done. We're done. All right. Verse 27, verse 27, verse 27. Only let your conversation, that word conversation means behavior, behavior, your activity, your deportment, how you live your life. And, And matter of fact, too, if you get real specific with it, it talks about citizenship, it talks about being a citizen and, and living your life according to the citizenship of wherever you're representing. You see, the Romans, they were all about this. I'm telling you, they were all about citizenship and being a good citizen and representing your city, state, or whatever it was in a good way, in a right way, being a good citizen. Now, we're not citizens of Rome. We're not even citizens of Coleman or Fairview. We're citizens of heaven. It says, let your conversation, your citizenship, your behavior, your lifestyle, who you are. Look what it says. Be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You see, we have the fellowship the fellowship, <clears throat> the fellowship of the gospel. That's our common ground. That's what we rally around. This, this is why we're coming. We're coming because of the gospel. We're not coming because we're all best friends. We're not coming because, you know, we just love this building and we love hanging out here. I, I You know, fellowship has a lot to, we, we have a, uh, it's called a coon club. It's an old raggedy uh, wood cabin that a bunch of coon hunters come to every Tuesday. And I think they're just trying to get away from their wives, personally. That's what I think. But they'll come together. And what's their common ground? Coon hunting. Coon dogs. And the older I got, I learned. I, I, when I was very young in my early 20s, I, I wondered why, you know, a lot of them, they're supposed to, this is supposed to be about coon hunting, but they never went coon hunting. They would always just come and eat hot dogs and talk about coon hunting. But now that I've gotten older, it's more fun. <laughs> Our common ground was was fellowshipping around the idea of dogs and coon hunting and fellowship. Well, our fellowship is centered around the the gospel. That's our common ground. Our common goal is the furtherance of the gospel. Number two, he said, he said, don't worry about my prison. 
Don't, don't worry about my prison stint. Don't worry about what's happened to me because it has caused the furtherance of the. It's caused me to be able to get the gospel to people I never would have been able to get it to. So getting the gospel to those that don't have it is our common what? Goal. Our common. Everybody say it. Our common. Now watch this. Number three. I see the faith of the gospel. The faith of the gospel. You say, preacher, what is the faith of the gospel? That's our common grind. Our common grind. I know what you're thinking. You was really stretching it with that word, right? No. What, what, do, what do we say when we, we're, we're just going to grind it out? When you're at work, you're tired and you're miserable and you don't feel good, but you're going to, you're going to come on, grind it out. You see teams, you know, they're playing and, and half of them are hurting, half of them are hurting, half of them are wounded, but they're still out there on the field and they're still giving it all they got. He, and, and the sports announcers say, boy, they're really grinding. They're really grinding. In other words, sometimes, how many of y'all have figured out that this, this gospel thing ain't real easy? Amen. How many of y'all figured out loving everybody ain't easy? Amen. Forgiving everybody ain't easy. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you think it is, go down the highway. I'm, I'm really having an issue with road rage. Amen. This is not easy. Keeping focused on the gospel is not easy. Making sure that we share our faith on a regular basis. It's not easy. Being prayed up, studying our Bible. Read. How many of y'all have ever tried reading your Bible and 10 minutes later, you can't even remember what you just read? Or, or, or you, you, <laughs> you get your Bible and you start reading and <laughs> anybody have that same problem? I've got, I've got Bible somnia. <laughs> you ever, you ever can't sleep at night, get your Bible out and start reading. I'm telling you, you'll be unconscious in before long. It's a grind. It's hard. Watch this. I'll tell you something. <laughs> I, I work for a, a, a carpenter doing, doing trim work and, uh, some trim is easy. You know, baseboard, shoe molding, you know, that's, that's it. But when you go putting up that crown, if you've never done it, especially outside molding and, and the, cutting it upside down and sideways, I cut one four times and it's still wrong. And I'm so mad, I just want to throw my sucker in the dirt. You know, I'm just, and I said, this is hard. And this is what he said. He said, well, if, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And then he said this, and if everybody was doing it, they wouldn't need us. You know what, guys? If living the Christian life was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's a grind. And it's tough. But Paul said this. He said, live according to the gospel of Christ. Now, two things. Write this down and we'll pray. We're done. I'm done. Went way over time. Number, or A, 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 A. It's number three, but A. We need to learn the example of Christ. We need to learn the, that's why we're here. That's why we come to church. We open our Bibles to learn what Christ was like. For, for example, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What are they called? They are the four gospels. It's the story, the testimonies of the life of Christ. Now, why do we read the gospels? To live the Gospels. 
right? To be like Christ, to think like Christ, to behave like Christ, to love like Christ, to live like Christ. But here's the thing. You you can't live like Christ till you learn how Christ lived. You cannot ignore your Bible. You cannot ignore the teaching and the preaching of the word. You cannot put your Bible on a shelf and be what you're supposed to be. First, we have to learn the example of Christ. Learn the example of Christ. You remember, this is our plan. This is our plan, right? Learn the example of Christ so that, B, write this down, we can live to exemplify the life of Christ. We have to learn it so we can live it. We learn it so we can live it. Everybody say that. We so we can everybody real loud. So we can live it. Are you living it? Think about it. Think about it. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about the one in front of you or behind you. Don't, don't be like that guy who would always say, boy, if they'd have been here, you'd have gave it to them. You know, no. Am, am I living it? Am I exemplifying the gospel of Christ? Am I living like he did? Am I loving like he did? Am I serving like he did? He loved the ones that were nailing him to a cross. He loved and served. He washed the feet of the one that betrayed him. The one that betrayed him. Sometimes we get bent out of shape because we get our, oh, how do we word this? Uh, one of the most convicting things I ever heard, because <clears throat> I'm still working on it. A preacher was preaching on being a servant, servanthood. And he said, you know, when you have the heart of a servant, by how you respond when people treat you like a servant. How many of you in here has ever been used before? Feels pretty terrible, doesn't it? And we get bent out of shape and we get, I want my rights. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, in other words, had all the rights and privileges of heaven. What came with those rights? Worship and adoration of all of glory. He made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a and was made in the likeness of men. In my devotions, I've been reading about the life of Christ and over and over he served, even when he was tired. I said some of this last week, but I can't help it because it's just my soul. God help us to be like him. Because that's why we're here. We're here for the gospel. The gospel and only the gospel. The gospel is priority. The gospel is most important. Getting the gospel to those who don't have it. Living the gospel every day. Ladies and gentlemen, our football is the gospel. And we need to, we may do this every first Sunday of every year. We may pull out the football just like Vince Lombardi. Apparently it worked pretty well for him. Never had another losing season. Won five Super Bowls in seven years. Three back to back to back. 
which is incredibly un, an unheard of. You know why? Because he focused on the fundamentals. Let's get back to the gospel. Let's get back to the fundamentals of the fellowship, our common ground, the furtherance. This is our common goal and the faith of the gospel. This is our common grind. This year, I'm going to do everything I can to rally around the gospel. I'm going to do everything I can to get the gospel to those that don't have it. I'm going to do everything I can to live that gospel so that when people see me, they see Jesus.